0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Hard Knocks by Story Archives. I'm your host, Mario Busto. Back at you, approximately less than six hours away from tip off. Dolphins at KC, potentially, I think, the fourth coldest game in the history of the NFL. At least that's what my dad told me earlier today. Negative 27 degree wind chill. In the second half, whole snowstorm happening up in the Northeast right now. I know that's not where KC is, but Buffalo's just got rescheduled tomorrow. You know, the Bills in their tundra. Uh, I mean, it looks insane up there, I, I got to say. But, you know, those two teams are-, are used to it. The Steelers, Bills, both going at it. And um, this is why home field is important. Uh, I'm back at you live here, or well, kind of live, covering hard knocks again. It's kind of later than usual this week. Work's been packed. If you see post-it notes everywhere, it's working on a couple of uh, a documentary and a couple of other uh, videos on Deadline at the moment. So pardon the the messier-than-usual setup up in here. And thanks for your patience. If you're a Dolphin fan, if you're a Dolphin hater, welcome. I hope you enjoy. I hope you're enjoying at least Hard Knocks because it's, it's damn good. If anything else, it's a good documentary. Uh, and this week's was pretty emotional. I mean, you get... McDaniels really always talked about his the adversity he's faced in coming into the league as a young coach. And you sometimes ask yourself, like if you're a sports fan, like it's a very unique journey to become a GM in the league or a coach in the league. And how exactly did you get there? And he's kind of glossed over the fact that he had uh, an addiction issue with alcohol. He was an alcoholic or whatever it may be. Uh, If he wasn't an alcoholic, then maybe he was just abusing it more often than he should have, which I guess that would be the classification of it. But uh, his journey is pretty interesting, right? You know, he gets an opportunity straight out of Yale. He's a wide receiver at Yale, if you don't know his backstory. And from being a wide receiver at Yale, he gets an internship with Mike Shanahan, legendary coach, you know, creates a system. One could argue that this whole new young coaching tree that's taking off in the NFL is are his disciples pretty much. So he gets the opportunity as an intern there, and parlays that into working for Kubiak which is when he gets exiled from the league for 865 days. I wrote down 865 as he has a post-it note to remind himself of how often or how easily uh, one can lose the opportunity they've been working so hard for in their lives. And so he was out of the NFL for 865 days until he got his second chance. And altogether, his story is is really, you know, it's emotional because you're hearing his wife's side of the story too and how her unconditional love, her support led him to quit drinking cold turkey eight years ago or eight years eight years ago this week actually is the actual lineup of when that occurred or last week now uh when they were prepping for the bills which unfortunately for the dolphins was a loss um but he's kind of telling that to that team and oftentimes you know as someone who works in production in in video production and film they tell you the camera's the biggest liar you know um there's there's a lot of sayings in terms of like what you want to cut and what you want the audience to see is completely up to you. you. I mean, you can manipulate it however however which way you want. But what you do see is a man who's up there. The team's had a hell of a year for the Dolphins. I mean, we ended the year 11 and 6. That's not a bad year. It's just we have the tough one of the toughest divisions in football with the Bills constantly giving us giving us a headache here. And you have A team that's going up at home, we're home dogs, I think we're minus three at home, okay? No, no, plus three at home for the Dolphins, okay? And you're going up against a Bills team that's pretty much pissed in your Cheerios for the last like four or five years, you know, in terms of getting to the playoffs, ending your playoff dreams, all that sort of thing. We did almost beat them last year with Skyler Thompson um, and a hell of a defensive performance last year at Buffalo, okay, where time management at the end of the game wasn't exactly what the Dolphins probably wanted, and we end the game without getting a playoff. Anyways, we head into Buffalo, prepping for that. Lots of adversity. Like, this, one of the themes of this episode is highlighting the amount of injuries the Dolphins are going through. In my years of watching football, and I don't think anybody else can relate to this either, I've never seen a team lose almost their entire linebacking core and backups, okay? I think the only man standing at the moment, well, two men standing, is David Long and Duke Riley. Uh, so I don't know what Fangio is going to do. We did sign uh, Justin Houston and uh, um, Bruce Irwin, Irvin. Uh, we, we signed a couple of guys who were studs in their heyday, but these guys also have not been playing all year. So you do wonder how they're going to come in to this environment expected to perform, uh, even though all of them played under Andy Reid on the Chiefs, I believe is something I read there. So that'll be pretty interesting. But going back to McDaniel, uh, when he's sharing the the fact that adversity has been an opportunity, adversity is an opportunity, depending on what you make of it. He's just trying to resonate with a team that's fighting for home field. And now I'm assuming that message doesn't change. And what you're hoping for is those very serious faces in those meetings, in this Hard Knocks episode, you're hoping that that message resonates in a way That makes the Dolphins upset the world because nobody, including Dolphins fans, believes that the Dolphins are going to go up to KC and win this game tonight. Uh, So it's probably the best scenario for the Dolphins that nobody believes in them. Uh, Horrible, cold conditions. It's an opportunity to, once again, laugh in the face of the narratives, you know. Tua, great dude, man. Really popular. I got to say he's probably one of the most popular dudes in the league. You see in this episode that he is the Pro Bowl starter alongside Alec Ingold, Teron Armstead, Mostert, and Tyreek Hill. Tua has a narrative about him, and his record does back it up, is that these cold-weather games, he has not won a lot of them. I I don't know if he's won any of them. I think he's maybe won one of them. But if he's sick of the narrative, it's an opportunity for him. What better way to shatter it than to go into the Super Bowl defending champ's home, Arrowhead, notoriously known, as the, if not the loudest opposing or most difficult place to play as an away team, then one of the most. I know Seattle was up there back in the LOB, Legion of Boom days. Um, Philly fans are obnoxious. I mean, I think universally, even Chicago, the Chicago Bulls, I don't know if y'all watch the NBA, but Jerry Krause, if you watch The Last Dance, he's very much like the antagonist in that documentary. And his widow is up there at the Chicago Bulls game yesterday. I'm sure Chicago Bulls fans hate the fact that this is being, you know, smeared over them. But hey, this is coming from a Miami fan who, for the last, uh, I don't know, my entire life, they've made it seem like Miami has the worst fans in the world, which is BS. But they based that all off of Ray Allen's game winning shot, game six against the San Antonio Spurs, where people were trying to get back into the building. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, whatever. Anyways, so in the Chicago Bulls ceremony they're honoring Jerry Krause and his widow is there in his stead because he's dead and uh the arena boos him uh boos her uh boos him probably unknowingly booing her i don't know what they were thinking but not a good look for chicago and even the announcer of that game said it's the most shameful thing he's ever witnessed and said we're not new york we're not philly i would say don't throw new york in that one but uh i would definitely say put, you can put philly there as someone who literally saw Santa Claus get booed in Philly? So, but hey, diehard fans nonetheless. Interesting storyline there too, right? Where the Eagles are going to play the Bucks this week. You got legendary coaches out on free agency right now. You have Bill Belichick, obviously. Um, I would assume Nick Saban's done. I don't, I don't think he's coming back for any coaching opportunity. Uh, Pete Carroll's out there. Jim Harbaugh's out there. I was listening to Mike Lombardi this week on uh, the Pat McAfee show and Bill Simmons podcast. And he said Jim Harbaugh has a seventy-one percent winning percentage, period. Or at least he, ha- or he had that with the Niners. Um, also, kind of a weird storyline. I don't think any any turnovers gonna happen with the Dolphins. But our owner is a big Michigan Wolverines fan, and um, I could have swore that he was trying to woo Jim Harbaugh when he was a free agent a couple years back. So. But I'm in the McDaniel camp. I would really be upset if anything happens uh, with that. I think it would be unfair. Uh, The best coach we've had since Shula, hands down, and young. And obviously a hunger to grow and to learn. I think it would be the biggest mistake we make. And he would immediately get hired. If I had to guess, San Diego or the L.A. Chargers, whatever, um, he he would get scooped up immediately. But I don't think anybody, nobody's talking about that right now. I think the the one thing that is looming out there is if the Bills choke against the Steelers, Belichick's going right in there, man. It's he's he's probably waiting to see how the playoffs shake out, see if any contenders um, screw the pooch, you know one of these so-called Super Bowl contenders losing the first round. Belichick can go in there. He can try to go and break Schuler's record, which he probably will if he goes to a winning team like uh, the Bills or the Eagles or I think Shanahan's pretty safe in the Niners, but you never know. It's, you never know because it's a legendary free agency market for coaches. That's why. You even got Mike Vrabel out there. Hell of a coach. That was crazy that the Titans let him go. Uh, Dan Quinn's gonna be out there. Uh Raheem Morris, who was mentioned. Those are two coaches that I just mentioned, Raheem Morris and uh Dan Quinn. Uh the Mike McDaniel actually mentions them in this hard knocks episode where he says that they pulled him aside and sat him down when he was in Atlanta, I believe, and told him, Hey, um, you gotta talk to your wife about this this alcohol situation. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, just the tie-ins between all these great coaches that have been you know, who have had a hand in in McDaniel's career at one point or another. And then seeing a team, like I said, there's a lot of storylines here. You got Tyreek, who now has an opportunity to go back to KC for the first time, okay? We didn't get to play them at KC because we played in Germany that game, okay? He has a chance for redemption because he had that, that strip fumble, which was bullshit because it was forward progress and they didn't stop it. But once again, a lot of BS because in the Bills game, when Josh Allen threw that ball off of Van Ginkle's hand, Even Mike Lombardi uh, and Vic Fangio said there was two offensive linemen, uh, ineligible men downfield, which the Dolphins were getting called for that all game, by the way, in that game. But there's no excuses because we had opportunity after opportunity to win that game. Um, I'm not a pro play caller. I don't think I have to continue to say that. But as a fan, when you see your team run for 100 plus yards in the first half and then you only run it three times in the second half, we only had 17 plays in the second half tough a lot of missed opportunities Uh, Tyreek drops Claypool drops uh, Tua throws that ball but I think Tua's throws not you know not to defend Tua but a lot of his throws are with great anticipation so when he throws a pick sometimes it looks a lot worse than what it is because he's throwing that ball so early that if the receiver is off on his route just any little bit it looks like Tua made the worst throw of his career which you know I've I've watched Tua every single snap of his NFL career so far, so I think I'm in a safe place to say that. Anyways, moving onward here, you got some really cool storylines with the KC Chiefs, like I mentioned. You got Hill going back to KC. You got Tua who can laugh in the face of this cold weather um, narrative. I mean, man, I would really pray that he's able to do that, man. I really, really... I love Tua as a, as a human being, even not even as a Dolphins fan, just as a human being, I would love for him to laugh in the face of all these haters who cash checks every Monday, every Tuesday, or every day of the week, okay? Pete Schrager goes on the Bill Simmons podcast and makes... First thing he says is a joke about Tua, pretty much. He's saying, I've been talking about Tua in the cold weather for about 16 times this week already. That shows that Tua is probably the most popular name in the NFL right now, okay? So let's get behind Tua. Let's root for Tua. If for nothing else, to shut up the Colin Cowherds of the world. So whatever. Another weird storyline. We had a a really cool profile on Drew Brooks, the head team security guy. And I say weird storyline because his tricep was ripped by Mahomes this season. Because Mahomes is really... One of the things I've noticed with Mahomes is because he is the best quarterback in the league, hands down. He gets protected. When you're the best, you get protected with, with a lot of these calls. And what I've noticed is when he goes for those first downs, because he's, he's athletic in his own way. He's deceivingly athletic from a viewer perspective on the, on the run. Man. He's kind of loosey-goosey. He plays it really close on the, out on the sidelines, probably because he knows he's going to get a roughing the passer call if they light him up on the sideline. But he plays it really loosey-goosey when, he, when he's going towards the sideline and he's just out of bounds, but he's extending his arm forward to get the first down. He's going to get lit up in one of these games, not necessarily against Miami. I don't know who it's going to be about, but somebody's going to say enough of that and they're going to light his ass up. But, anyways, on that exact play that I'm talking about earlier in the season, he's running out of bounds and he runs straight into Drew Brooks, which caused his his tricep to tear. So, that's another sort of storyline there. And I'm sure there's others, but I I can't think of them off the top of my head. But really, the cold weather one is the big one. And I I really want to see what McDaniel. What McDaniel's game plan is going to be? Um, if we're going to run heavy. You pretty much have no choice in the snow, but he's ballsy, man. So I wouldn't be surprised if if our play calls are un, you know, are, are characteristically aggressive through the air. So we'll see. We'll see what the conditions are and what wind direction we're playing against. Hopefully, we win the toss tonight. But um, that Drew Brooks profile was honestly perspective shifting because you know you're. Oftentimes, I think, and it's good for the players, too. I think hopefully they watch this episode, the players on the team. Because, yeah, we've had a lot of injuries. I think we have like 26 or 27 injuries right now, which is insane. But you, you hear the story of this guy who lost his son, you know, with a cancerous brain tumor and almost no or an incurable brain tumor. And less than 50% of the building says he knows, has, uh, knows that he has had a son. And you can see him getting visibly emotional and multiple reporters. Omar Kelly was saying, man, that like he got emotional watching it. I know I got emotional watching it. And um, it gives you the perspective, I think, from the team side of saying, "Okay, so what? We're injured. Okay, so what? We're missing a game. Okay, so what? We're missing this season. But, you know, the next day, every day is important. Don't waste it. And I think it's that really should hit home for a team. That I'm not saying they feel bad for themselves, but I think everybody can have a tendency to fall into uh, losing perspective of what the big picture is. And uh, I think you saw two big, big picture themes in this episode. One with McDaniels and the fact that he redeemed his his career, okay, in terms of getting away from his alcoholism. And then Drew Brooks with the story of his son. And then I think a third one, Jerome Baker. I mean, what a story. Uh, The Dolphins truly miss him as a play caller and what a hell of a leader you know, five years being the play caller for the Dolphins. Immediately, you feel his impact in the Bills game. He gets that stop going into the second half. Clutch play, the questionable Fangio prevent defense, which paid off because it led to a, a rushed Bills play that had actually, well, that, they did stop the clock out of bounds. But Josh Allen makes the mistake of throwing it, not in the end zone. And the clock runs out on the Bills for, the, I think, the second time this season, uh, find themselves in a scenario where they leave points on the board because they mismanage the, the time. Let me say, just because the Bills beat us, they're not playing grade A football. I mean, the Dolphins dominated that game in the first half, and then laid an, the offense laid an egg in the second half. Let's just call it what it is. 17 plays, three runs after Devon Aitchain and um, Jeff Wilson are tearing it up on the field you got to bring that one home man you're up 14-7 going into the half defense holds their own special teams let up a huge huge punt return for a touchdown and um and Tua and the boys couldn't get it done unfortunately I, you know you hate to say it but that's just what it is and so the bills continue to dominate the AFC East they come into our house as favorites okay and take the AFC East from our hands after going i think winning 6 in a row they are officially on a six-game winning streak now, but, but themselves still not playing their best ball, stumbling into the playoffs, and benefiting from a pretty easy schedule the last few games, minus the game against us, obviously. Um, Miami had a hell of a schedule to end the year. Cowboys, Ravens, Bills, but... Yeah, I know our schedule's been released for 2024, but I'm not even looking at it until this season's over, and uh, I'd love nothing more than for this episode not to be the last episode of Hard Knocks, uh, coming up—that is, uh, and that we have uh, at the very least next week and another week after, and hopefully the Steelers beat the Bills. And I think the way it would work is we would get a home game if that's the case, but um, let's see what happens. Anyways, lots of great storylines this weekend, lots of them. Okay, we got Dolphins going up to the Chiefs. Lots of narratives they can shatter. It's them against the world. Injury decimated. Nobody believes in us. They're the nobody believes in us team. You got the Packers going to Dallas. Mike McCarthy possibly gets to get his revenge. Okay, he got fired by the Packers. Let's see what happens. All the pressure's on the Cowboys. Jordan Love's able to prove, hey, Rodgers, I'm that guy. Okay. Flacco proving everybody wrong. Everybody said Flacco was washed like three years ago. Here he is. He could possibly lead. I think uh, he's going to surpass Brett Favre if they beat the Texans today at 4 o'clock. My favorite game of the week. Rams going to visit Detroit, Stafford coming back home, Goff revenge game against McVay after McVay trades him after leading them to a Super Bowl, right? McVay, who's better to game plan against Goff than McVay? And vice versa for Goff if he can capitalize. You got Bill Steelers. Steelers are used to those tough winter games. Not a gimme. I don't think anybody's better at winning ugly games than Mike Tomlin. You got the storyline with McDermott. I think McDermott knows if he loses in the first round, Belichick is probably going to take his job. That's that's where I think Belichick goes personally. I don't think it's the Chargers necessarily, unless McDermott goes like on a Super Bowl run here. But if they lose in the first round or even the second round, and you're looking at Bill Belichick there, I think you gotta go get him. I think you gotta go get him. You know? And I think there's gonna be a lot of teams competing for him. So And by the way, I don't think Bill is going to be washed. I think Bill just needs to, I think it's just proven you need a good QB in this league to win as a head coach. You're not going to win without one. So get her done, man, get her done. Uh, And then the last game that I haven't mentioned is Tampa Bay versus the Eagles. The Eagles literally stumbling into the playoffs worse than the Dolphins. I think they've lost like four straight or three straight. I don't know how many it is. And another storyline there, I think it would be crazy to fire Sirianni, but there's been rumblings, there's been rumblings, and you got the question of, what is Jalen Hurts? Is Jalen Hurts going to be the guy? He hurt his thumb, I heard that he hadn't been throwing much in practice this week, so lots there. I know we're doing hard knocks, man, I know we're talking about hard knocks, but this is a sports pod at the end of the day, all right. I know we're talking about the TV show, but we're here for sports talk, so if you want sports talk, and you want to talk theories, you want to do that, a lot of haters in the comments, Bill's mafia always in the comments. You got to give it to them. Annoying as hell. Super, you know, you know, I don't even think they listen. I think they just kind of scroll forward. They see the Dolphins jacket and they just type some shit, but whatever. I hope y'all get destroyed and your whole city is in depression after losing to the Steelers in the first round. There's no, there's no love lost here. I respect the Bills. I don't like them. Anyways, uh, let's have a fun wildcard weekend, y'all. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you want to reach out, Contact at Soapbox.house. If you want more sports content like this, let me know via email. You know where to find me. You can uh, look in the description. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. I don't know you. You know me a little better than I know you. And I hope you enjoy this weekend. Get a nice cold brewski. Get some chicken wings, some nachos. I'll be doing some stop tonight. French fries if they cook them right. You know, you like a little bit of a soggy fry. At least I do. Some lemon pepper Louisiana rub. Some medium wings, get some heat in there too. It's about time for some football. Have a good weekend, y'all. Enjoy it. This is probably the funnest weekend in the NFL playoffs. Freaking six or seven games. Let's go. Let's go. Fins up, baby. Prove the world wrong. Let's go. Notice I wore the jet, the bomber. It won't be the last time. I'll wear it in the last episode too, if I remember. Peace out. Stay safe, guys.